You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, perfectly positive pack of professionals, professors, and podcast pals. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 101, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your assembly of assorted, assertive associates who are not asses. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. You know, speak for yourself, Karen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me I'm not an ass. Maybe I feel like being an ass. <laughs> well, That's right. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's start the show with our general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. <laughs> you should play that. <laughs> Here we go. I have uh, some Trivial Pursuit cards, and you guys have your barnyard buzzer ready. Here we go. Blue Wedge for geography. In what city was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air born and raised? <laughs> Everybody. West Philadelphia. Philadelphia would suffice. We all wanted to make sure. Oh, yeah, true. I guess there is no city called West Philadelphia. So we were all wrong. All right. Pink Wedge for pop culture. What 80s cartoon featured crossbred animals, including Bumble Lion, Rhino Key, Rhino Key, Rhino Key, and Hopopotamus? What was this? It was a oh, bad... Yeah. Is it the Woozles? Wuzzles? Wuzzles. Wuzzles. Yes. Did I... Wow. Is it Rhinoki? Rhinoki. Like monkey sure. and rhino. Oh, okay. Mm. Hopopotamus. That's clever. A kangaroo and a hippopotamus, I'm guessing. Hopopotamus. Oh, I was thinking a rabbit and a... Oh, okay. Uh, could be. Could, could be. be anything. Do you yeah. remember anything. the get-along gang? No. They were animals and they lived in a caboose. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of them was like a possum, right? One of them was a moose. Was like, yes, there was, was a like moose. Montgomery so, moose. A lion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember yeah. the caboose. Yeah. The animals that live in a train. <laughs> I get it. It's really weird times. Well, um, have you seen Dino Train? Dinosaur Train? Dinosaurs on a train or Dinosaurs train that drive trains around. <laughs> they drove them. No, they, they drive them. They're like, why do little boys really like oh, sure. dinosaurs and trains? trains. How can we together. combine yep. these? Don't worry about it too hard. You got it. It's fine. <laughs> Side note, I, I was watching this on TV. It's obviously a kid's educational show for little, little, little kids. Mm-hmm. But I was like marathoning <laughs> it because it was so good. It's called Octonauts. Have you heard of this? It's amazing. It's, you know, most of the kids' shows today, they're all CG. You know, it's it's all 3D CG animated. And it's cute little animals with very cute faces. And they're like a gang of uh, like a crew underwater. Uh And they have like a submarine shaped like a cat. Like everybody's kind of (laughs) cat-like. And there's like a cat octopus and there's a penguin. They're all really cute. There's a cat octopus. Yeah, it's like a cat head with an octopus body. Sure. Anyways, every episode is about a weird marine animal. Oh. And some some kind of crazy story surrounding mm. that. The whole crew gets together, and it was just, it's really, I was like, oh my god, this is a show <laughs> made for me. Uh-oh. Except for the fact that it's made for, like, five-year-olds, mm-hmm. and I'm 32. <laughs> but I've watched, like, a whole season of it. It's really good. I've, I've done that before yeah. with some kids shows. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Yellow Wedge. The Dvorak layout patented in 1936 was created as a more efficient way to do what? 
Colin. Ostensibly to do typing. Yes. Mm. Yes. To do typing. (laughs) To do do typing. To type. (laughs) Unlike the standard QWERTY layout, Dvorak puts the most used letters in the keyboard's middle row. I've never seen one. That's annoying. You can, you can on your computer, most computers, you can switch to a Dvorak layout. You can change it. Obviously, it doesn't change the letters on your actual keys, but you can, you can switch to it if you want. What is the QWERTY layout based on? So the old-timey typewriters would get stuck if you type too fast, and so QWERTY is set up so you would not type fast. Yeah, that was that was how they did it. That seems so. Mm. It was it was it was not to force you to type more slowly. It was that the other arrangements, the keys would get stuck together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Purple wedge. What comic strip was reprinted in books titled "Scientific Progress Goes Boink"? <laughs> Yukon oh. Ho <laughs> and Weirdos from Another Planet. Uh, everybody. Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, so good. Or just the men. That's good. Because <laughs> I was like, far side. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> like, All right. Green Wedge for Science. What material is the main component of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? Oh. Dana. Pl- yeah. Plastic. Correct. Nurdles. 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 Nurdles yes. Mermaid tears. Yes. <laughs> Refer to a previous nice, show. Nice callback, yeah. Oh. oh, I have to switch a card for this one because it's a picture. Uh, oh. It's actually, I'll tell you guys what it is. Who's the picture of? The the picture is a guy, and you know? the question is, what type of mustache does this man sport? Oh, is it handlebar? handlebar? It's handlebar. <laughs> it's always handlebar. Yeah. 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 Like, what, what other, other type mustache? of mustache? Like yeah, Hitler yeah. mustache. <laughs> right. Yeah. Too touchy. The Fu Manchu. Maybe it would be, yeah. Politically incorrect. Yeah. Right, right. Right, right. All right, okay. Real, actual orange wedge question. Last question. What does a chef do with a mandolin? Oh, darn it. I didn't. Chris? Uh, He slices things. Yes, slice. He does slicing. He does slicing. Do slice. Do slices. I'm going to start sharing some of our Lobe Trotter facts. Lobe Trotters are our fan club members uh, who purchased a fan club pack. Uh, last year, and they get to send in a postcard with uh, some cool facts. So this one is from Nat Lee, and he said this. One of my favorite bits of trivia comes from the world of film and animation. When it came time to find a voice for Garfield, the comic strip Fat Cat, they went with an actor named Lorenzo Music. Mm-hmm. A few years later, he was chosen to portray Peter Venkman in the Ghostbusters oh. cartoon. Uh, that is his voice, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, no. Bill Murray reportedly did not like that his character sounded like Garfield. So Lorenzo Music was replaced. What? So Lorenzo Music continued to voice Garfield and other characters until his untimely death in 2001. So when a Garfield movie was made in 2004, whom did they get to voice Garfield? <laughs> oh, Bill, that's right. Murray. Bill Murray. Bill uh, Murray. That was a really well-written postcard. It is. Yeah. Thank you. That was Thanks, a good bit. All right. So I hope everybody enjoyed our 100th episode and all the lovely and awesome messages uh, we included from some of our listeners. Thanks to all of you guys who submitted <laughs> something. Um, so, Thanks to uh, Gabriel, oh, uh, mini our Chris. listener, who's a mini Chris. <laughs> and, just, and just in case you weren't sure what that means, he followed it up with... An intense nerd. <laughs> I played that for a lot of my friends. <laughs> Precocious. That's very cute. 
So for today's episode number 101, our theme is somewhat an homage to trivia and to Good Job Brain. Uh, listeners know that we have a recurring correction segment that we do called... Um, actually... So in today's episode, we're going to be exploring the world of, uh, um, actually, often misquoted facts, myths misused vocabulary, and the culture of correction and fact-checking. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. You want to make a little mess, you want to make a little crime. If you're gonna do wrong, but it do wrong right. If you're gonna do wrong, but it do wrong right. If you're gonna do wrong, but it do wrong right. You want to make a little mess, you want to so I'll start us off here uh, with something that was just in the news this past week that I thought tied in quite well to the theme of corrections and um actually. Uh, you have to say it in that voice. Um actually. Um actually. <laughs> Can you splice in a montage of every time Dana ever said it? Oh, <laughs> uh, the supercut. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this past week uh, on Tuesday, uh, the New York Times published a correction to a 161 year old story. Really? And it it may be the oldest correction issued. Huh. Uh, it is certainly among the oldest corrections issued. And it was a very timely correction. Uh, Dana's mm-hmm. nodding. I think she saw this in the news. Yes, yes. What it was, was a correction to a story about Solomon Northup, whose memoir was the basis for the movie 12 Years a Slave. That's right. Uh, which just a week ago won the Best Picture Academy Award. The story appeared in the New York Times on January 20th, 1853. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. An article about him. Uh, and it basically recounted I mean, I suppose these are spoilers here, but it recounted the story of uh, Northup, who was a black man born free in the North, kidnapped and sold into slavery. Now, the article misspelled his last name uh, in, in the body text. They called him Solomon Northrup which is an understandable error, I suppose. Uh, and in a second error in the same article, the, the headline spelled it as Northrup with a U. So they spelled it wrong. Twice. R-O-P and R-U-P. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Okay. His name is Northup. So the error kind of came to light after someone pointed this out on Twitter the day after uh, the Academy Awards. Oh, okay. uh, you know, they had access to the old article. The very next day, yeah. they had published their correction. <laughs> you know, uh, we regret this error from 161 years ago and they they, you know they and that got me thinking about other kind of notable newspaper corrections like I I could not recall hearing of one this old do you guys remember just a few months ago there was sort of something similar uh, this past November the Harrisburg uh, Patriot News in Pennsylvania. Did you guys see they, they printed a retraction of their editorial slamming the Gettysburg Address? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I mean, well, strictly, it's not really a correction. And that was their editorial... From back in the from day. Back from back in the day. day. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was not a contemporaneous saying, among other things, we pass over the silly remarks of the president. For the credit of the nation, we are willing that the veil of oblivion shall be dropped over them and that they shall be no more repeated or thought of. Wow. Two snaps. Burn. Uh, whoops. Yes. Uh, so they, I think, rightly came out and said, yeah, you know what? Our bad. This actually was a pretty classic was, speech after all. But I 
wouldn't say that's a correct. You know, yeah. it's not like they didn't get any facts wrong. That is an editorial. I agree. Spelling someone's name. But well, you know, one thing they do point out is that errors in, in printed newspapers were actually a lot more common than oh, they yeah. used to be. Yeah. I mean, the whole process of composing print, as well as like you know, translating text over telegraph and translate Morse code and back and forth, errors were kind of happened. I like the, I like the corrections where you can always sort of get a tone of just embarrassment on part of the newspaper, <laughs> yeah. which I think is why it's so satisfying when the New York Times of all papers has to run corrections because it's like ah yeah it was so sheepish we have to admit this and I have one last example here in 2012 the New York Times again they ran a correction to an article uh, where they were talking about college students with Asperger's syndrome in the article uh, there was a passage where they misidentified one of the characters from My Little Pony uh, you know the the animated show Mm -hmm. so again someone has to sit down and compose this correction when the reader's like um actually you got the character wrong My Little Pony the correction they had to publish in the New York Times, oh quote, it is Twilight Sparkle, the nerdy intellectual, not Fluttershy, the kind animal lover. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Oh, we we heard you. We got this wrong, yes. and we have Stop to print emailing this. us. Yes. Yes. Yep. All yep. you, my how, little pony fans. Do you consider yourself a newspaper? Yeah. You don't there, know the news. There, there is a New York Times story that's uh, that's that's still up now, and it was from sort of the early days of um, the the console wars with the, when the Wii had first come out, and uh, Nintendo had a new chief executive in America, and his name is Reggie Fisame. Yeah. F-I-L-S-A-I-M-E. Reggie Fisame. And the New York Times had spelled his name wrong in a story. So, you know, okay, it happens. And uh, they issued a correction. This is an earlier version of this story. Misspelled the name of Nintendo's chief executive. It is actually spelled like this. Three days later, <laughs> correction two. <laughs> the correction to this story gave a second incorrect spelling oh, of the name God. of Nintendo's chief executive. It is actually this, not that or the other. Uh, and then finally, on the that, third try. On the third try, they nailed it. Yeah. Triple check. But that's, yeah. oh, that's got to be so embarrassing ah. to have to write the correction to your correction. Oh, my God. I can only imagine, yeah, just as a newspaper person. So here's another kind of fact-checking. You guys have heard of Snopes.com. We've talked about it on the show. Oh, yes. One of our resources. Yes. They're a great resource. They're the Urban Legends reference pages. So they um, take all the internet rumors and the forwards your mom and your grandma send you all the time. (laughs) And they trace back. Sorry, mom. You know mom. Never mind. Yeah. 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 I was going to apologize to my mom. And I was like, no. (laughs) She knows what she does. Um, So they take all the rumors and all the health warnings, all the the random urban legends. (laughs) Terrible things that can happen to you if you're not very careful. And they fact check it. And then they do a back history on it. When did this start? What was the date? the earliest date that somebody first said this and when did the story change and become this other thing. It's really cool. Snopes.com. So I gathered a few examples from Snopes.com. You know, I would call some of them urban legends, but some of them are true. I'm going to read these statements to you and you tell me whether or not Snopes.com said they were true or false. Okay. Okay. Let's do um, thumbs up, thumbs down because it's just true or false. So, Okay. okay. All right. Ready? McDonald's is the world's largest purchaser of cow eyeballs. <laughs> cow. Um, I can, I'm a guy, I can go either way. You know, I can think of an explanation yeah. for both so sides. So that's what's, no, that's the beauty of Snopes. Right. Like, you're <laughs> like, I don't know. You could buy the yeah. cow and exactly. the eyeballs, and the eyeballs, come, and the eyeballs with it. come with it. I'll go, I'll go false. I don't think they need them. Yeah, it's false. Oh. It's false. Right. 
there was a rumor going around that McDonald's was using eyeballs as like <laughs> as, the, as, the as kind of the adhesive agent. And, <laughs> but no, but they don't because they're all beef patties and beef is defined. As <laughs> That's right. That. And also eyes in comparison to the rest of the cow. I know, the so amount small, of like, eyes that... <laughs> yeah, so if you really sit down and think about it, it's like, no, that's okay. not... Mm-hmm. It's not true. Good, no, I was good. tricked. Yeah. yeah, if cow eyeballs were really be able to use... You could use them for something. I mean, they'd, they'd be more rare, you know, because there's only two of them per yeah. cow. Or you yeah. would have cows that are genetically modified to have multiple, multiple eyeballs. Multiple eyeballs. Yeah. Simpson yeah. style, yeah. right. Yeah. Spider cows? <laughs> right, right, right. Spider cows. Yep. Spider cows. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, someone is the world's largest purchaser of cow eyeballs. That's right. Though. They couldn't. Yeah. They didn't know who. They tried. They tried. <laughs> right. They didn't know who. All right. I was, I was I'm intrigued. Glad they tried. I, was, I was like, where does it say who does take that? No, <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery. All right. Second question. Outdoor temperatures can be determined by counting chirps of crickets. Ooh. Sounds like a old wives' tale. <laughs> Boy, by counting. Yes, chirps of crickets. All right, Colin and Chris say yes. Karen says no. It's true. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. The Old Farmer's Almanac says that the formula for getting the temperature is you take the number of chirps you hear in 14 seconds, and then you add 40 to it, and that equals the temperature in Fahrenheit. And mm. scientists did experiment, and it was very close to accurate. Ah, hmm. oh, crazy. Someone, someone needs to explain the science. Well, it's just it's you know, magic. Yeah, Karen. it's magic. Oh. Science magic. <laughs> yeah. They're just more or less active the, the warmer yeah. or colder it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I see. Eating turkey makes people especially sleepy. <laughs> Everyone says false. Everyone is right. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's tryptophan in a lot of things. Yeah. There's yeah. tryptophan in turkey. Mm-hmm. But in order for it to make you very sleepy, you yeah. have to like have an empty stomach. Turkey is the only protein you eat. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have to eat a lot yeah. of it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe it comes from Thanksgiving where people get yeah. tired. But they're eating so much. And yeah. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah, it's For like, hours. Just, oh, and God, the tryptophan's really hitting me. It's no. like, Bob, you had one slice of turkey laid on top of a giant pile yeah. of mashed potatoes, yeah. Yeah. macaroni so and cheese. So much stuffing. Yeah. Yeah. Five Pillsbury Crescent Three rolls. Three cups <laughs> of gravy. Yeah, and like five, five cups golden. of wine. <laughs> like, go go to sleep. Yeah. You're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, here's one that I found very intriguing. <laughs> eel skin wallets demagnetize credit cards due to leftover charges from electric eels <laughs> used to make them. Whoa! I have heard this. I have heard this. Do they really... Not all eels are, not? Electri- are electric mm. eels. Electric eels, I don't think, are that common. But if you were to make a wallet... So I'm just talking it out. <laughs> could, yeah, it yeah, still it, retain, could it still retain... Could it still retain that charge? Yeah. I mean, because we talked about... We talked about static electricity. static electricity. I think that, like, by the time it's done, like, yeah, rubbing up yeah. against other stuff, like, the, a lot of the charges would be already balanced out. out. I've or... heard this, too, but I can't I can't imagine a mechanism by which it would work. By which we de- yeah. I yeah. would yeah. say right. it is true because with. I want it to be wacky. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people want it to be true because it's wacky. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Oh. That's the best urban legends. You just... Yeah. You want it to be the case. So maybe this legend came from the magnetic clasp that people would put 
on an eel skin wallet. And oh, that's like a dollar, sure. like a money yeah. clip. So Snopes also says that most of the things that say that they're eel skin are actually hagfish, not eel skin. Oh, hagfish. I can't yes. imagine why hagfish wallets aren't, <laughs> aren't selling. <laughs> well, its only teeth are on its tongues. Tongues? Tongues. Tongues. Ew, they look <laughs> gross. Oh, you looked one up. They're eel shaped. They're not eels. Eel shaped, slime producing marine animal. Ooh. Here you go. Hagfish uh, rasp and bore into dead and dying fish to eat them from the inside out emerging to swim away from the remaining bags of skin and bone oh my God. Yeah. when disturbed this, they exude chemicals and turn the water around them into slime making wow. the fish almost impossible to grab wow mm-hmm. not, a right. pleasant, not a pleasant don't, animal don't google this please don't google don't this google it. oh my god fun isn't nature awesome last one mortality rates in teaching hospitals go up in July due to an influx of inexperienced doctors <laughs> Oh, mortality thumbs rates go down. Up. I'm going to say thumbs down because I hope this is false. I want to say thumbs up, but not, that's not the only thing due to inexperience. Okay. I think it could be oh, other things because it's summertime oh, heat, heat and heat stroke. Yeah. Sure. So mm, I say, okay. I'd say true. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It is true. Really? It's, they call it the July effect. Wow. People, and yes, and in teaching hospitals. for other factors, it's because yeah. experienced doctors are coming into the hospitals? It's if, if the oh, doctors man. are not supervised very yeah. well, then the mortality rates are going up <gasps> oh, in July. Oh, wow. And there, it's not like surgeons are being all lazy and sloppy. <laughs> it's more usually misprescribing medicine. Like, uh, they don't know uh, all of the... Also, you probably have more people coming in, too, because it's the summertime. It could be could that. Be. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. I remember going to Snopes to to look up all like the weird Disney secrets, like in movies and stuff. Like in The Lion King, they spell sex in one of the scenes. Oh, right. And they uh-huh. were like they would screen grab. And- I love it. I definitely i I trust them probably more than any other debunking source on the internet. I am into cooking. There's a lot of cooking myths out there. And I, I'm not talking about like, oh, this is good for you, this is bad for you, whatever. That One of those things where it's like, you know, because everybody always is thought it like, salt mm-hmm. was bad for you, and now they say it's good for you, and now mm, they say yeah. it's not, not any of that kind of stuff. Like eat a watermelon right. seed and you'll grow a watermelon in your stomach? Yeah, not not okay. stuff like that. Okay. But at the actual technique of cooking, okay. um, ah. there's a lot of old wives' tales and myths out there and things that people do that are just, as it turns out, just not True. For nothing. At all. Okay. So so here is just a list of food myths that we are going to dispel okay. here and now. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so if you see um, someone doing one of these things. Slap including their, slap including their hand one away. <laughs> that I had been operating under the the uh, this this uh, misassumption, basically, all this time. Now so, you can go in the kitchen when your mom is cooking and be like, oh, I'm actually. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing She's here? Like, Get out you don't here. even live here anymore. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Salting pasta water. I do that. I you do, do that. that. I do that. Okay. It makes it taste better. It does make it taste better. And the important thing is that is the only reason to do it. Because uh, there's all this stuff about, oh, you got to salt it because it will make the water boil, boil faster. faster. Right. Uh, and then it's like, oh, you don't want to salt it because it'll make the water boil slower. As it turns out, one source said one ounce of salt per quart of water will raise the boiling point by one degree Fahrenheit. Oh. So basically, it doesn't make a difference at all. Right. Um, what you want to do is, when the water is boiling, toss in a whole bunch of salt before you put the pasta in. What they say is you want the water to super salty, like mm. ocean. ocean. Really? Not, oh, not like a pinch. Not it a pinch. Put a pinch. I just oh, do like a couple nothing. shakes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you want the water to be like, you taste it and it's like you're going swimming in the ocean uh. accidentally. Like, a mouthful of water. 
not a lot of that salt is going to go into your pasta. I've been doing it all wrong. Been doing it wrong. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong. It's supposed to be tons of of salt, basically, and but it has nothing to do with the with anything other than taste. Um, cooking the alcohol out. Oh, which is somebody's making spaghetti sauce, and uh. they take a bottle of wine and they pour the whole bottle of wine into their spaghetti sauce, and then it's like you're going to feed this to your kids. Oh, don't worry. All the alcohol cooks out. Yeah, I've always heard that. Yeah. But don't they, you know, when they flambe or or flame out stuff, Mm -hmm. that means you're cooking the alcohol off, right? You're cooking out some of the alcohol. Not all. Not all. So if you take, if you do the the flambe technique where you, like, actually light the alcohol on fire, yeah, you're getting rid of a good portion of it, but not all of it. If you pour it all into a sauce and simmer it, if you simmer it for, like, oh, 20 minutes... No, most of the alcohol is still in the sauce. <laughs> you could set it on fire. <laughs> Try yeah. you, you, if you want to set your tomato sauce on fire or whatever it is, your cocoa vin or whatever. Yeah. If you simmer the sauce for like three hours, Maybe. then you'll get like 95% of the okay. alcohol out. But you can't just take alcohol and like pour it into your food and just wait a few minutes. And, oh, it's gone. It's, it's, it's just gone. warm. It's yeah, not right. gone. It's you just hot alcohol. Mold, yeah. mold wine, it's still wine. Right. Like, yeah. Mold, yeah you can I guess you're it. right. Yeah. yeah. Mold wine doesn't just become hot grape juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Same thing. About I love this. hot grape juice. Yeah. <laughs> Sushi does not mean raw fish. Oh, right. It has nothing right. to do with that at all. It's, it, do you want to guess? Uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's the rice, right? It's the rice that makes it sushi? Yeah, it's actually, the, hmm. the, the word sushi is in reference to fermentation Cheers. or sour tasting. Because oh. the original way that the dish was prepared was like fermented fish and fermented rice all together. Ah. Um, and, but now the rice is mixed. You mix sushi rice with vinegar. Okay. When you have a piece of sushi, that rice has been mixed with like vinegar and you know that 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 sort of stuff. It's like a nod to the tangy oh. fermented. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. We had once at trivia, sashimi means pierced, pierced body. body. Yeah. yeah, that's and raw that fish. does mean that is just slices of raw fish. Yeah. Mm. Pork. Do you Thanks have to cook pork all the way through? Do you have to cook pork until it's well done? Oh, I've always heard. Yeah, you can't. I've heard you can't eat like pork. Just like rare American paranoia. Like <laughs> paranoia. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't paranoia because the trichinosis parasites, those things would would mess you up pretty bad. The thing is, though, they're basically eradicated now mm. from the pork supply. They're they're gone. The low, low, low single digits of people get trichinosis every year in the United States. And the vast majority of that is from wild game. Mm. Oh. Like they shoot a deer oh, okay. and then they eat the deer not medium farm rare, raised, not farm raised safe pork. USDA now says they lowered the, uh, the, the recommended minimum temperature for pork from 160 down to 145. And a lot mm. of chefs even cook it lower than that. Ah. So you can have medium pork. Interesting. You can have medium pork that is pink on the inside. Interesting. It is okay. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had that. I mean, neither. Does it taste better? It, I don't it know. tastes a lot better. Oh, yeah. Okay. Does it well? You know, does uh, does a medium rare steak taste better than shoe leather? Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> Same thing with pork. But I love shoe leather. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to shame you. We're not here to shame you, Karen. <laughs> Last one, and this is the one that I did not know: washing mushrooms. Mm-hmm. You can wash 
your mushrooms. Yeah. Well, no, they say, well, what they, they say is, yeah, you take right? a damp uh, paper towel and you wipe the dirt off of them because they're so porous, yeah. goes the, the, the saying, oh, that the they'll thing take about on all the water. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Alton Brown did this test. That's, yes, Alton Brown did the you can wash the, your mushrooms test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you can't wash mushrooms because it's going to absorb the water yep. and they wait uh, in. I don't like, think yeah. I ever heard that. Does okay. not absorb a lot of Although water. Although I don't eat a lot of mushrooms. That might be why I didn't. Also, he did a test on the same episode about, uh, Searing meat. Does searing your meat, quote unquote, lock oh. in the juices? Incorrect. It does, it not. does not. Oh, it does really? Not. Now, it's going to taste probably better if you sear it. The, the sugar yeah, it's going to taste delicious. And, like, that's how I make steaks anyway. I'm not doing it to, like, you know, you want to preserve the juices, but not at all costs. He seared the meat. And then he, and then he just took a steak and didn't sear it, and put them both in the oven. Waited until they were, were the both the same internal temperature, and the non-seared one had retained more moisture. Ah. Because when you're searing it, you're you're killing cells and you're losing moisture. Yeah. You guys heard of reverse moisture. sear it, steaks? Yeah. Reverse, reverse sear. What does that so, mean? So usually, when you cook a steak, you're supposed to sear both sides, and then you. Finish it off in the oven, yeah. and then you let it rest. Mm-hmm. So there's the the new trendy I saw on the internet uh, <laughs> is reverse sear, where you low temperature, you put it in the oven first, and then you sear it to finish Interesting. it. Oh, huh. but you have to be really careful of uh, monitoring the temperature. Oh yeah, the meat. Very cool. That sounds That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, try yeah. that try for science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Steaks for it's science. Like, for science. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of good uh, fun stuff at the intersection of uh, food and science. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, guys, let's take a little ad break. So here I have a quiz inspired by Lynda.com. And Lynn.com, their most popular category within all of their online videos and tutorials is photography. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so here mm. I made a general photography quiz to uh-huh. see if you guys know, see how sharp you guys are. All right, everybody, have your buzzers ready. Mm-hmm. Start off with an etymology one. The word photography comes from photo and graph or graphy, <laughs> yes. which in Greek literally means what? <laughs> So here I have a quiz inspired by Lynda.com. And Lynda.com, their most popular category within all of their online videos and tutorials is photography. Oh, okay. So here Mm. I made a general photography quiz to Uh see if you guys know, see how sharp you guys are. All right, everybody have your buzzers ready. Mm-hmm. Start off with the etymology one. The word photography comes from photo and graph or graphy, <laughs> yes. which in Greek literally means what? <laughs> Dane? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, Chris. Li- drawing light? Yes. Okay. Drawing with light. Okay. Nice. Photo, light, yep. graph, drawing. What does it mean to burn or to dodge in photography? <laughs> <laughs> burning and dodging, and at least in traditional photography, is when you're developing in the darkroom, you can basically lighten or darken areas of the image. Oh, also okay. works in Photoshop, yeah. too. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So to burn is to make an area darker, and to dodge is to make an area lighter. Oh, okay. And it stems from traditional photography. When you're in the darkroom, if I expose more light to it, it's going to be darker. If I block light, it's going to be lighter. Right. And why this is important, especially when we're talking about digital photography is that with digital photography, big photo competitions, they're all accepting digital files or digital pictures. And their rule is 
You oh. can only burn or dodge right. in your digital photography. You cannot do any other Photoshop magic or whatnot. Back in 2010, uh, someone got in trouble, Harry Fish, who won his name is Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Yes. Slime fish. Harry fish. He got an email and it was congratulations, you won for this category for the National Geographic photo competition. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple hours it says, actually uh we have to disqualify you. But what he did was he took out a unsightly plastic bag oh, out of the picture. Yeah. And for a lot of these photo competitions you have to submit the original mm-hmm. raw file mm-hmm. burning dodging. Didn't that happen to one of the AP photojournalists recently? Yes, yeah. who heavily yeah. photoshopped yeah. an image. But oh this, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this dude just removed a bag. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um so this is why brain dodging is very important. Like yeah. It's, it's the rules for a lot of these big competitions. I like how you say, Karen, it is still in Photoshop. And I like that the little icon for the dodge is the little dodge tool. Oh, and I like, I'm sure there are just generations of people using no Photoshop who have never touched an actual dodge tool. Yeah. Right. right. See, there's probably a lot of people who have never seen a floppy disk either. Yeah, it's true. Like, mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. It's good yeah, point. Because dodging in the old days is a piece of paper on a stick. Right. And you're just like kind of dodging the light. Yeah. And it's still that in Photoshop. Yeah. How many, that's true. Yeah. A yeah. lot of that stuff is kind of outdated now. <laughs> All right. There are 12 Hasselblad cameras uh, left relatively untouched in what location? Oh. Colin? Would this be, I'm going to guess, somewhere in Germany? No. Mm, okay. Is it in America somewhere? No. Hmm. Somewhere in... Chris. Is it on the moon? Yes! Ah. Very good. Uh, Neil Armstrong used a Hasselblad data camera, and uh, the Hasselblad camera, they were modded to meet NASA requirements Mm. that the astronauts could easily click with their big gloves Ah. and their suit. And 12 of these cameras still hang out on the moon. Nice. No reason to take them back. (laughs) All right, last question. Obviously, before digital photography took off in the 2000s, the photo processing industry was the biggest worldwide user of what non-renewable resource? Oh, non-renewable That's resource. Okay. Smiles. It's got to be. <laughs> no, those are renewable, Chris. <laughs> I'm making a new one right now. Not. Oh, I have a guess. Yeah, I was going to say one of the developing chemicals. It's like one of the silver, one of the silvers in the developing process. Just silver. Just oh, silver. Just okay. Silver. All right. Okay. Biggest worldwide user of silver. Wow. In the world. So there you go. Some some photography facts. And of course, this quiz inspired by Lynda.com. Definitely check out photography courses because they have a lot of awesome experts talking about it and cool. teaching you new stuff. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles. Smart trivia. Good job, brain. So, have you guys ever heard that the blood in your body is blue? Like, before it becomes oxygenated? Yeah, yeah I see before? it. Yeah, I have heard that. I see it in my veins. It's blue. That's why they're blue, right? No, that is not why they're blue. <laughs> your blood is not blue. Right. I was looking at science myths, and that one, I was like, wait, this can't be right. And I was looking at different sites, and I swear I've learned this in school before, yeah. that it was that that's why it was blue. And, well, it blew- the, and the reasoning was that it, when it oxygenates, Pre-oxy- right? Yeah, yeah. pre-oxygen no. blood. That was the story. That yeah. was the story, but that is not why your veins are blue. It's, why are they blue? It has to do with your flesh. The flesh that's covering your veins. Yeah, it's an optical illusion. Yeah, the flesh proteins um, scatter light. They scatter blue more than red. Mm -hmm. And so just the top part of your tissue, if you have kind of white skin or pale skin, it's a little bit blue. It's like a pastel blue. And then over the dark background of your veins, it really makes the blue show up. Oh, my God. (laughs) So So what color is pre-oxygenated blood? It's red. red. Like, it's, it's red the whole time. It's never blue. I was so confused by that. And I, you would have thought that there would and have been more exper- experiments where they show you, oh, here's the blood turning from yeah. blue to red. You would think. And in all the charts they showed yeah. you in school, they label the veins, you know, with blue. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Right. Isn't that oh crazy? Oh my God. It comes in teaching just, just materials. Makes you it does. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a counter um, actually. It's like, oh, blood is red. Um, actually, it is blue before oxygen. And yeah. You're like, oh, I'm actually, no. Oh, wrong. no. It's that's, that's the most satisfying of all. I'm yeah, actually the, counter, um, the actually. second level. <laughs> right. And speaking of that guy, that I'm actually person, <laughs> uh, for my segment for today, I decided to explore uh, different words that you might call a know it all uh-huh. and where did they come from. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So. The um actually thing is a battle for me. You know, I feel like I have to pick my battles like emotionally. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like I really want to correct people yeah. if, if something wrong, but then I also don't want to be that guy. Be that guy. But yeah. sometimes I can't stop it. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not fun to be on the other end of an um actually. No. Yeah. Most of the time, I kind of keep it in check in my head. But uh, recently, it was on a work email. It was on a okay. work office email. All right. And someone said something. Basically, it was involving, oh, tigers in a savanna. <laughs> and it took like five minutes. I'm sitting there. I was like, ah, should I? Should I not? Should I? And I just did it. Reply all. You were all like, <laughs> Gary, you are that guy. <laughs> that, I was like, oh, just, you know, FYI, for future reference, everybody, like, tigers don't exist just in Africa. For future reference. <laughs> um, tigers Asia. are Asian, actually. Um, they don't live in tigers Savannah. Tigers are African. <laughs> I think oh, I know they, you so much better now. all definitely took that to the next yeah. level. Yeah. <laughs> so but you know what? They're not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you took them to school. <laughs> so um, here I have compiled a list of, right. of names that 
a lot of people who are on this email list probably thought of me. <laughs> Here we go. And the etymology and the a possible root, obviously. For words, a lot of these words, you just can't really pinpoint. Sure. Uh, right when people started using them, there are a lot of theories. So here we go. Point Dexter. Oh, Point, Point Dexter. Okay. I, it sounds like an old name to me. I mean, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. So it was popularized in the 1950s because it was the name of a character from Felix the Cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind sure. Kind of a, a yeah. nerdy guy. Professor Poindexter. Yep. That was when this name became popular. Oh, really? Some theories say that, oh, Dexter has been associated with, you know, brainy types uh, because of, like, dexterous, you know, having uh, a dexterous mind. But we can definitely say that the popularity rose because of Felix ah, the Cat. Huh. I think I assumed that he was named that After because it was already a nerdy name. Huh. Huh. All right. Dweeb. Dweeb. <laughs> Dweeb is a portmanteau, possible theory, portmanteau okay. of dwarf and phoebe or feeble. Oh, okay. Ah. So, dweeb. Huh. Uh, dork. Dork. Man. Isn't that a whale's penis? That is... What? A lot of people thought dork is... That's the name of a whale penis. Uh Uh-huh. It is not. Dork probably came from the word penis (laughs) and other variants of the word penis, but not specifically whale. Uh, Okay. Not necessarily whale penis. (laughs) Okay. I don't know where the whale thing came from, but there were a lot of like, this is not true. (laughs) I have not heard that one. That's interesting. Okay. (laughs) And, of course, here we are. The word... Nerd. Ah. Lots of explanations for nerd, but it was first documented, uh, printed in a Dr. Seuss book. Really? Uh huh. Hmm. Uh, we don't know what it meant because it was a name for something. Oh. Uh, the quote is a nurkle, a nerd, and a seersucker too. That's the line. Oh. It never said what a nerd. Was. Okay. Oh, okay. It was a capitalized oh. N. Like nerd. like many things that yeah. Dr. Seuss yeah uh, made up. He was so close up. to nerdle, which is a word we said during yeah. this episode. Mm-hmm. In 1950, this nerdle. book came out, and hmm. that's where the word nerd first, first appeared. First oh. time. Nerd definitely up. feels older slang to me than yeah. dork or dweeb or yeah. yeah. Hmm. Alternate spelling, N-U-R-D, had its uh, first recorded use appear on a student publication at Rensselaer? Rensselaer. Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, huh. RPI. Huh. That N-U-R-D word came from K-N-U-R-D. Okay. Nerd. <laughs> which is drunk spelled backwards. Oh. And the word is meant to be the opposite of someone who get drunk. So oh. someone who didn't party, who oh. didn't go oh. out. They're not a drunk. They're, They're not a, a drunk. nerd. They're a nerd. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I wish it was spelled that way. That's good. A lot of other theories about nerd too, but those are the, the interesting Perfect. ones I thought was funny. That's nice. cool. That's great. <laughs> Karen, reply all to everyone. <laughs> Dear <Don't>. dummy. <laughs> Uh, I like it. the reply almost like the equivalent of like, hey everybody, gather around, gather around. Gather around. <laughs> Only one of you got this wrong. <laughs> well, as we were just discussing, it, it is not fun to be on the other end, the business end of an um actually uh, <laughs> pointed Sorry. squarely no, at no, you. No, no. It's um, fine. I'm sure you did it charmingly, <laughs> like with, with charisma. 
And I don't know about you guys, but for me, the the worst, the most humiliating is the the grammar. Um, actually, the word usage. Chris, I'm sure, as a writer, mm-hmm. it's it's whether you're wrong or right, it's just a pain to have to deal with these. So, with that in mind, I'm trying to uh, empower you guys to be the annoyer and not the annoyee. So, I have a quiz all about word usage errors, common um actually okay. that right. you can right. prepare for grammar usage around you. So, I'm going to give you several sentence examples here. Uh, there's no tricks. All, all of these are considered by strict grammarians to be wrong uses of the words in the sentence. Okay. So, right. I'll, I'll read you the sentence, right. and you tell me why is it wrong, or what makes it wrong. Okay, we'll start off with one that is uh, much debated. The fumes from the cleaning supplies made me nauseous. Oh. Chris. Um... Something what? something is nauseous if it if it if it's the sort of thing that causes one to become nauseated. That's right. Yes. That's a, right. A, a That's nauseous right. person, a gaseous person. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh. It makes you nauseated. Nauseated. Not nauseous. It yeah. nauseates you. Then what's you nauseous? Nauseated. Nauseous is like uh, an adjective to describe something that nauseates you. So. I feel nauseous is wrong. Yep. Strictly speaking. Strictly speaking, yes. Now I feel this, nauseated. This, oh my god, I yeah. say I'm nauseous all the time. Yeah. This was directed you, at do you. Do you really? Are you really? <laughs> if you're nauseous all the time, should you get that checked out? Yeah. That's true. Uh, yes, as, as grammarian Theodore Bernstein pointed out, people who are nauseated are no more nauseous than people who are poisoned are poisonous. Ah, yes. Oh. Yep, yep. All right, here we go. Next example. What is wrong with this sentence? Jack had only 15 minutes before his flight, so he quickly perused a few magazines. Writer Chris again. Uh, to peruse is to um uh is is actually to read something like intensely pouring over every single word. What? It does not mean to skim or to browse. Chris has it. Peruse is to read <laughs> peruse is to read carefully and to, yeah. to yeah. read and really oh, examine. I know. <laughs> I would say the meaning might have changed. Well, because I think, you know, the way cleave and cleave. I mean, as as a blanket statement for all of these, yes, it's true that language changes when we all agree on it. I'm not against words expanding their meaning, but when the meaning is is directly opposite from the original meaning, it kind of ruffles my feathers. Yes. (laughs) Here we go. What is wrong with this sentence? Mm -hmm. I wanted to paint my entire house in one afternoon, but the enormity of the job was too much for me. Is it just redundant? Enormity. It's probably, yeah, enormity is not enormousness. the right word. Enormity, despite being used this way, does not just mean enormousness. You'll, you'll see this oh, a lot. Enormity okay, meaning, okay. oh, it's, or even just anything overwhelming. Uh-huh. Enormity has a very specific meaning of something that is monstrously bad or evil oh, or just oh, outright oh. wicked. Nothing to do with size. Nothing to do with just, it doesn't mean it's a big challenge, you know? And if but, you talk about, the enormity of someone's crimes, it doesn't just mean, like, they yeah. did a lot of things. I yeah. mean, genocide or war crimes, oh. right? This is... Oh, enormity means really, really bad. Huh. He was painting a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A murder house. Yeah. yeah. He was painting with blood. I stand corrected. <laughs> yes, I was, I was painting with blood. <laughs> Next one. Due to the gas leak in the basement, firefighters evacuated 50 people. Hmm. Chris is is 
evacuate? Does it only apply to the person who is evacuating? Again, yes, yes. You can't evacuate people. You can evacuate yourself. Strictly speaking, you evacuate buildings. You evacuate. Uh, oh, you, okay. People can be evacuated from a building. Oh, because it's okay. your. It's like from vacuum, right? <laughs> right, right. It's okay. avoiding of the contents. Yes, of. yes. You can't eva- if you evacuate a person. <laughs> if you if you tell you're, coming out, you you're sucking out. all of their inner organs out of them. <laughs> if you tell a physician okay. that you evacuated a person, they are going to think you meant something very different. Different, right. yes. Right. Oh, Through okay. a hole. Next sentence. On my way to work, I saw a motorcycle collide with a parked car. Karen. Collision occurs between two moving objects. That is correct. Yes! Nice. Yeah. Where the yes. physics comes in. Ah, yeah. My English is not so great. Collision uh, requires two uh, multiple moving things huh. to come into contact. Right. You can't collide with <laughs> a, a tree. Yeah, you yeah. can crash into a tree. You can't collide with a tree. Nice. Unless it's a mm. really funky tree. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. If the tree is on a truck and it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It can have a collision with the yeah. tree. Well, once again, Dana with the um actually yeah, inside the context of the Edge quiz. Edge cases. <laughs> Last one. What is wrong with this sentence? I haven't eaten since lunch yesterday. I'm really feeling some bad hunger pains. Oh, I... Oh. The, the right right word is hunger pangs. It pangs. is. Pangs. Yes. Acorn. Pangs. And pains make sense because the pangs, yeah, the stomach contractions are yeah. hunger pangs. What, mm-hmm. what is a pang? A pang is a just yearn. like... It's a pain. It's, <laughs> it's like a sharp sensation. Yeah. Just like a, a kind of a sharp... Yeah. So they're almost the same thing. They yeah. are almost it's the, the same, same thing. thing. That, but I mean, that's what makes an acorn an acorn. It's like right. It makes yeah. sense. Hunger mm-hmm. pains. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. The other usage you hear of pang is like guilt. Yeah, you know, you're like pang, pangs of guilt. Oh, yeah. like this, oh this sharp. Oh, I feel so yeah. bad that I did that. Right. Yeah. Well, now you guys have more ammunition to um Reply actually. All. Yeah. 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 Be super obnoxious <laughs> with your work. all. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast, and my name is Bruna. And you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. All right, and we have one last quiz segment from Chris, and I just want to preface it with the fact that it is uh, also an homage to Good Job Brain. When we first started out, a surprising number of people would write in, I thought your show is called Good Job Brian. And a lot of people are like, my name is Brian. And that's why I downloaded your show because I saw the logo and it says Good Job Brian. (laughs) This happened so much that we actually own www.goodjobbrian.com yeah. as well. It just redirects to Good Job Brain. Right, for now. Yeah. I don't know. For, for now. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll do something yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a phenomenon. I couldn't believe so yeah. many people were like, Good Job Brian, Good Job Brian. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Chris... And so, I mean, basically, so yeah, the alternate universe version of this show is clearly called Good Job Brian in some <laughs> other plane of existence. It's taken us about uh, 101 episodes to get to this. Yeah, uh, but finally. finally, we're doing uh, Good Job Brian. So, um, I am going to name you 
a list of accomplishments, <laughs> things that were achieved by various Bryans Love it. Uh, throughout history and possibly uh, in fiction. Um, and after you hear about their accomplishments, simply tell me which Brian uh, uh, I am speaking. Wait, or you can make us answer, good job, Brian Blank. Oh, yeah, okay. Job, oh, yeah. I like it. Okay, so here we go. I'll name the accomplishment. You buzz in and say, good job, Brian and then that person's All right. name. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> okay. This film director has never been nominated for an Academy Award, even though he's directed such films as Carrie, Scarface, and The Untouchables. Colin. Good job, Brian De Palma. That's oh, right. Oh, De Palma. Also, for some reason, never, ever nominated for an Oscar, this well-known character actor has won two Tony Awards for Best Lead Actor in a Play for Death of a Salesman and for Long Day's Journey into Night. Colin. Good job, Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Good job, Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Also, also played Tommy Boy's dad. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> He's wow. done a lot. He's done a lot. Callahan. <laughs> What'd she say? In the 1980s, he won three Young Artist Awards for his portrayal of Andy Keaton, the youngest child on Family Ties. Oh, wow. Colin again. I'm embarrassed I know this. Yeah. Uh, good job, Brian Bonsall. Great job, Brian oh, Bonsall. Yes. Wow, good job, also played, also played Worf's half-Klingon son in Star Trek The Next Generation. What? Really? Yeah. What, what season was that? Um, I have no okay. idea. <laughs> I'm a nerd. All right. What? I was, like, I was about to say, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> um, he is the uh, fictional author of fictional books such as Faster Than the Speed of Love and Wish It, Want It, Do It. Oh, Karen. Good yeah. job, Brian Griffin. Good job, yes. Brian yeah, Griffin. From Family Guy. From Family Guy. Faster Than the Speed of Love didn't do so well, but Wish It, Want It, Do It. I love that title. Yeah. I yeah. Love it's that. so his great American novel. <laughs> Uh, in 2010, this former teen heartthrob actor married Megan Fox. Oh. Karen. Uh, nice. Good job, Brian Austin Green. Yes, yes. indeed. 90210. Brian yeah. Austin Green. David Silver. Yeah. In 2005, this rock guitarist was named a commander of the most excellent order of the British Empire. Oh, commander! Yeah, it's um, Rock it's unfortunately, star. it's uh, it's in the order it like of the British sir? Empire. You know what? Maybe it's one rank below where you get to be called a sir. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Uh, Dana, good job, Brian Adams. Not no, Brian. Not Brian that's Brian. <laughs> no, Brian Adams. There's, uh, yeah. there's a Brian Adams. There's a Brian Adams. Okay. Canadian. Uh, Colin, good job, Brian Ferry. Not Brian Ferry. He was the uh, guitarist. He was the lead guitarist for Queen. Queen. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Queen. What, what is his last name? Don't know. It is good job, Brian May. May. Uh, Brian May. May. All right, okay. All right. Shake it off. Shake it off. Right. <laughs> he was the National League's saves champion in 2010. National League. The National oh, League. That uh, is the baseball. That is Colin. Uh, good job, Brian Wilson. Good job, oh. Brian Wilson. Yes. From the Giants. Yes. With Beardy. the oh, Giants. Beardy, yeah. Inducting him into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in the year 2000, oh, no. Paul McCartney called this Brian one of the great American geniuses. <laughs> Karen. Good job, Brian Wilson. Good job, as Brian well. Wilson. Also, Brian Wilson. Beach <laughs> nice. Boys, Brian Wilson. Here's another Paul McCartney quote. He said of this person, if anyone was the fifth Beatle, it was Brian. 
Oh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, good job, Brian Epstein. Good job, Brian Epstein, manager of the Beatles. This R&B singer is tied with Snoop Dogg for the record of most Grammy nominations without, oh, sorry, without a win. Dana. Good job, Brian McKnight. Good job, Brian McKnight. Uh, And finally. Pretty good job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, job, Brian McKnight. Finally, until episode 202, this Brian had a Food Network show titled, What Would Brian Blank Make? Karen. Good job, figure skater Brian Boitano. What would Brian Boitano make? That was really the name of his show? Yes. As inspired, of course, by the South Park song, What Would Brian Boitano Do? I like that. Yes. So, good job, all you Brians out there. Question, did you not include Brian Cranston because of the Y? He spells his name differently. Oh, right. That is... That is correct. They okay. did not include it because of the Y. I just yeah. looked up people named B-R-I-N. Yeah. Yep. All right. And that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learn a lot of stuff about being an annoying <laughs> just, person. Just go out there this week. <laughs> and if you can annoy just one person. With one of these yeah, facts. Yeah. With one of these um, actually facts. Then we've done our job. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of doing our jobs, Ooh, as you guys us. know, um, we've been trying to uh, get back uh, to our... Our home time, I guess you would call it, because we are, of course, travelers from the future, here to save trivia, etc., 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 from its horrible yes. fate. But we lost our... Fartus. We lost our Fartus. Our fancy and ridiculous time interloper system. Yes. To our old nemesis, Carmen San Mateo. Now, you guys have helped us out... Um, because we needed to figure out where Carmen had gone. Yes, you guys did. Uh, we have a little Fartus, our backup Fartus on the site, and uh, many of you guys have entered in the right code. So if you listened uh, to the little excerpt of the speech uh, that we overheard, it was the Gettysburg Address. It was not Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. It was a piece of a different address that was given during the same event. And uh, so, yes, uh, good job, you guys, because you figured out that that took place in the same day, which was November 19, 1863, entering 11191863 uh, into the emergency backup fartist that we keep around for emergency purposes. Thanks to you guys, we were able to figure this puzzle out. We traveled there to see if we couldn't catch Carmen San Mateo in the act. She um, slipped away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you would have figured we would have used the time machine to travel then back 20 minutes in time. But to catch her. Don't worry no. about it. Yeah. We don't need any backseat fartist drivers yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen. But something did happen. And here is what happened when we went back to the scene of the crime. Gettysburg. 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 Hey, Brainiacs, it's us, Macapella, your favorite non-instrumental, non-infringing musical group. A one and a two and a... Well, you didn't find San Mateo. She already gave you the slip. Don't take it too hard. She took off with your fartist. Off on another time trip. Guys, Carmen and Hide a Clue are already gone, but true to her nature, Hide a Clue has hidden a clue to their next destination. She hid it on this scrap of paper that we just found, and here it is. It's an excerpt from a speech from a U.S. president at some point throughout history. Here's the excerpt. Hi, Nine Rice Nibbler. 
It doesn't make any sense. High Nine Rice Nibbler? H-I-N-I-N-E-R-I-C-E-N-I-B-B-L-E-R? Oh, it's got to be an anagram. It must be an anagram of a famous four-word phrase used in a a speech by a United States president at some point throughout history. Uh, well, look, Macapella were great at singing and were very good at falling under the fair use exemption to copyright law, but we are definitely no good at anagrams, so you brainiacs are going to have to take it from here. But we'll see you at the finish line. Goodbye! Okay, oh. new clue. Well, listeners, you heard Macapella. There is an anagram somewhere, and we need to find next date where Carmen and Haida Clue uh, escape to. And again, this week, you can punch in the code into our backup fartus on our site, com, And let's try to find the next piece of the puzzle. And that's our show. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And thanks to our sponsor of this episode, lynda.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. world is like the ocean. It's alluring, but it's also full of deadly creatures that can shred you to pieces. It becomes kind of like a Game of Thrones political arena where everyone's trying to murder you to get your job. My family doesn't come from corporate background, so I didn't have any sort of guidance in that. This is not your typical work podcast. Sometimes you need to be empathetic, and then there are times that you ask for input, but you don't really give a shit. <laughs> Listen to the Ambi Award-nominated podcast, Surfing Corporate. <laughs> Stretch opportunity? What is a yoga class? Get out of here. <laughs>